Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Fight Night Extra on Talksport 2. Good afternoon. If you love your boxing and MMA, this is the show for you. Final extra of myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Barry Jones. Today, we're going to discuss Saturday night's action in Liverpool as Natasha Jonas edged a narrow decision in front of her home crowd. We'll look back on the fight itself. The decision, which some are calling controversial, and also what should be next for Jonas after she confirmed 2024 will be her last one as a professional. We're also going to hear from Kel Brook. Uh, he spoke with us at ringside and hinted he is eyeing up a return to the ring, having retired from the sport 18 months ago. Could he be a potential opponent for Chris Eubank Jr.? We're also going to hear from Josh Taylor. Looks like a rematch with Jack Cattrall is edging closer, thank God. And we're going to talk about light heavyweights, head of Boatsy versus Aziz. And can anyone topple Artur Baturbia? Look, loads to get through. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. And still, the IBF welterweight champion of the world, Natasha Jones. Good evening, Natasha. Look, I feel like I say, I thought, I thought um, Michaela may have nicked the fight. But I'm glad that Tasha got it. It was the yeah. homecoming. We talked about that. Had it been in America, it would have gone the other way. This is what we do. This is what we've done as a kid. It's in us. We're warriors, you know, like from the Roman days. So, of course, you know, the atmosphere, you know, it just brings it all back again. And it's. My knuckles start getting itchy. Why this fight is important because no secret that Dan is a friend of mine. But what's at stake allows me to put that aside allows him to put aside of course we're in the sport to look after people who want to look after but to win more titles as well so this puts me a step closer so um it's, it's right now to me it's the most important part of my life yeah loads to discuss there you heard Kelbrook talking about itchy knuckles he's hinting at a return to the ring i hope not i'm a massive fan of Kelbrook, but Enough's enough. You, you got to know when, when it's time to call it. Uh, Joshua Boatsy there we heard as well. Obviously, big fight with him against Dan Aziz. The, the, the rearranged fight when this fight was supposed to happen the back end of last year. We're going to talk Natasha Jonas versus Michaela Meyer as well. And just a few hours ago, Ken Shiro beat Kenny Zales uh, by a majority decision to defend his WBA and WBC light flyweight world titles. It's a busy time in boxing, Baz. Barry Jones in studio as well. Barry, look at that smile. How are you, guys? Oh, nice to see you, mate. I nice can sort see of see you. There's a camera in front of my yeah, face. Yeah, we can, we can kind so, of see so, each other. So I'm smiling at that, but waving at you. <laughs> <laughs> Busy time for boxing, isn't it? I mean, 
I do remember a time, and I think I said this to you actually, where you felt like boxing had a gap. Like it wasn't a, a 365 day a year sport. It was a little break and then you'd come back and everyone re-energized. Nowadays, with fights all over the world and different promotional companies popping up, Boxing is literally every day now. Yeah, it's unbelievable. There used to be the August, July and August were dead months. Yes, they, they were nothing. Certainly August was... If you wanted a holiday, you book it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're afraid to book a holiday anymore, aren't you? Because you just don't know when their big fight's going to... And it's not just club shows anymore. No. Every fight's a huge event. Mm. Where, wherever it is around the world. Saudi's the... You know, the seems to be the favourite for the minute. Mm-hmm. But before that, it was Vegas only a couple of years ago. And, and obviously, and we forget how good we've had it over here with the stadium fights in London, yeah. p- particularly where we've had just huge fight upon huge fights. And it's been, yeah, it's been, I think it's been a golden era like, in the last sort of 10, maybe 15 years, I would say. Yeah, I, I think that as well. There's so many undisputed fights going on right now. So many planned for this year. Obviously, Fury Usyk coming up. There is talk of Bivol Baturbia being done, another undisputed fight as well. I'm happy you mentioned sort of Saudi there. I just want to quickly get your, your thoughts on sort of all the big fights going over there. Like, and look, I'm happy we fly over there. We, we watch the fights. We enjoy them. It's good for UK fight fans in terms of time. You know, yeah. they stay up till five, six in the morning like we've been doing for years. But but I do feel like that we might not see these, you mentioned stadium fights, sold out arenas now because, and I get it, all the fighters want to go to Saudi because you make more money. But your bread and butter's over here a bit. And I feel like we might miss some of these wonderful big shows over here. I, I think if this is a long-term thing... Mm then it might potentially be a problem down the line with producing talent coming up because then you're only going to have... Like the like the, the, the GB squad. Okay, Everyone yeah. worries about that being a problem because you've got the cream of the crop, but then you, all the other amateurs weren't allowed to break into that squad. It's very hard to break into that squad. Yeah. So they, were, they weren't allowed to build their profile enough to get you know, uh, back into turn professional with a big promoter, if you will. Mm. And I think that we might lose... The small hole shows might suffer over here if everything's over there because you're going to lose the crowd's interest. Yeah. Because as much as as much as watching boxing on TV like it was for me made me fall in love with the sport. Yeah. When you fir- when you first go yeah well BBC. Yeah BBC. Yeah. When you first Barry McGuigan was the guy. And mm. uh, when you first go to a live show nothing better. Nothing better. There's not. Better. I mean you don't get to see the fight as well as you would at home. Yeah. Because you can't concentrate. But the atmosphere takes you, you know, it swallows you up and, and you fall in love with it instantly. And, and that, you might lack that. Yeah. But, you know, like I, I said about um, earlier on, about, you know, we've been spoiled recently, I think, in the last few years, especially with, thanks to Anthony Joshua mainly. But before, when I was a youngster, all the huge fights went to America. True. And for a Welsh fighter, any big fight in the UK went to London, like mm. he sort of still does. So you know, fighters, wherever you're from, have always had to travel mm. and give up ground. I won my world title in London. Mm. I'm a Cardiff boy. I sold lots of tickets in Cardiff, but, but you know I still got to come to London to get to get what to, to achieve my ambition. And the same for those big fighters; they had to go to America, like McGuigan did, of course. And he got his, he got his world title at home, but to get that big defence, had to go to the states, and and that's so that's how it always was. Yeah. No, it's 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 not now it's not Saudi. America; it's Saudi. And like you said, you know, the time difference is only like what three hours. Yeah. It's a six and a half hour flight, so theoretically, it should be more comfortable for everybody to watch it to fly over in time because the flights may be cheaper. And there's other issues, of course, but I don't want to I don't want to go politically into it. But you no, know, but I mean. It is what it is. I think with boxing, you, 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 it sells itself to the dollar, which all sports do. Yeah, and as you say, with boxing, we've seen it for so many years, especially in Vegas and Madison Square Garden, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not a new thing. I just hope it doesn't mean that we don't get, as you mentioned, the stars coming through over here. Hopefully that's not the case. Uh, Tasha Jonas, uh, over the weekend, Michaela Meyer, before we get into the fight itself, 
who won the fight for you? Maya. Maya, yeah. I yeah. think for a lot... You know, it's weird. Everyone I've asked that question to has said Maya. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> not, not robbery, but everyone I've asked that have said... Maya by a couple of rounds as yeah, well. Yeah, I don't talk about robberies. I, I thought she was very hard done by. Yeah. I would say that. Bear in mind, like my whole prediction on, on, on work I've been doing before it, I picked Jonas. So this is not, I'm not trying to be clever or, mm. or go with the, with the crowd like people easily do, especially on social media. But I thought she won the fight. She was the more aggressive of the two. She, But ultimately, she just won more rounds. I mean, if you win your rounds big, yeah. I mean, the people get carried away with that. You you have the big moments. And if you're watching at home, then it is a robbery because all the big moments were, were Michaela Myers. Mm. When she the rounds she won, she won big, Very big. and the one jo- the rounds Jonas won were tight. Yeah, mm. but that doesn't mean you know, if you win the round tight, you win the round big. Still a ten nine round. Still a ten nine round. Yeah. So as long as you win the round, doesn't matter how you do it. So and that's where scoring is. That's when we say scoring can be subjective because you know, what you what you you perceive to see what's actually happening can almost be two different things. Mm. If you're scoring a fight with a, just scoring a fight without watching it for enjoyment, and that's where the problem lies. But either way, whichever you look at it though. Two or three rounds, I think I think Maya won it by for yeah. me. I almost feel sorry for Maya a little bit. Like, I don't know her personally, but I mean that's two fights over here now. And one's with an American, so it's slightly different, but two fights where she might feel she's been hard done by. The Lisa Baumgardner one, which was yeah. very close, but again went to Baumgardner and now this one. So her two biggest fights in terms of eyeballs on the sport, she's lost them both. And it doesn't necessarily mean as much in female boxing because she's a name, she'll get another big fight. But there is an element of what have I got to do? Is it my style not pleasing enough? Like, what have I got to do here to get a W? And it, and it doesn't mean much because you will get a more an opportunity. But for her, yeah, it's it it breaks your life. It yeah. kills you. You know, you're like, what what? This is me. Yeah. I don't want to loss on my career. If I lose, I lose. If I if I know I haven't lost, that's a hard pill to do swallow. Do fighters know as well? I, no, I I think in close fights, like say say the bomb guy in the fight, you think you've won the fight, and you have to, and you and you style it out like you've done enough. Yeah. But you can't be sure in that sort of fight. I think the I think the I think the Jonas fight, even though it was it wasn't close, it was compet. The rounds were competitive, it, but but the rounds were competitive. But Jonas was losing them, and I thought there was only one winner in rounds, even though she was having a go. Yeah, and I think Maya knew that. Mm. I, I, I think it was clear to see that she did enough to win. I think she was hard done by. It's, it is what it is. You don't blame Jonas. The problem is with nowadays is once you say that. People blame Natasha Jonas, not Jonas or her camp. They're just doing their. She no, tried to win the fight. Yeah, winning, yeah. She's not her fault. It's the judges. I actually think Jonas could have boxed better. Mm. I, I thought to be fair. I don't think she boxed great at yeah. all. I don't think. And she allowed she allowed Maya to dictate the pace. Maya punches long when she comes forward, and she allowed her to do that. She has she has power. She didn't make it feel it early. She didn't make it feel it enough. Surprises me though watching Jonas that I'm watching a 39 year old, like mother in the ring because there's nothing I look at Jonas and think she's 39 she just did slow down a bit in the rounds and there's talk of three minute rounds clearly that's not for her right it's not going to yep. be her thing but I mean you have to give credit to her at 39 to still be mixing it with Michaela Meyer who's naturally bigger than her I know she's coming up in weight but naturally bigger younger fresher yeah. as well I'm glad you said she, she's bigger because she's clearly bigger clearly, I mean people yeah. forget that, that Jonas was a super featherweight by yeah. the way and, and women boxers are allowed to move up because there's less opportunities mm. if that was a, ma- a male boxer moving up from super feather which to super welter which <laughs> yes. she did originally yeah. boxing a world champion it would just be you know, something wrong with you go yeah. and get, you know, you need to go and see a doctor because mm. this is not right mate it's, mm. it's like a suicide job but I think it's it's different with, with women boxers they have to take that opportunity and I think they do cope with the weight more and and regarding age, thirty nine is no, not the not the best side to be on of age wise. But I think I do think women mature differently, mm. and I do think they peak differently. And I do think that mid to late thirties in all sports anyway, with males as well. Now I think the way people live, 
I think everyone's maturing. We'll talk about the light heavyweights in a minute. And most of the top 10 are 30 and plus. Yeah. By the way, which yeah. is in my in my era, that's unheard of. Mm. So, you know, I think thirties is the new twenties when it comes I, to sports. I, I, I'm happy you said that. Look, hopefully, we've got time to talk about it as well because obviously there's been a lot of talk about Arthur Butterworth if he's stronger at thirty. I'm like, well, he lives the life number one, and if you live the life, you can prolong it. And I don't actually think in, in as you say, in sports anymore. When I was young, 30, 31, you you're thinking of retiring. I don't know if that's the case anymore. Terence Crawford, pound for pound, is what, 35, 36? Yeah, yeah. Usyk. Usyk, 38? Yeah. You Except, are going yeah. for a bit longer, aren't you? You are. And the only thing with age is when you, especially when you've been in the sport from a young age, mm. the injuries, not the, not the, the fights don't, don't affect you so much, especially when you're a smart fighter like Crawford, but the training does. Your yeah. body breaks down. And that's where I think the longevity has come into place in, in recent times because of sports science yeah. and, and equipment's better than it used to be, than we had. But when I first started boxing, we wore bad gloves. Mm. They were just like a little bit of leather on your on your knuckles. That was it. You'd have calluses all around your hands as a kid, and and now they're wearing sparring gloves to punch the bag. Yeah, we get punched on the we get slapped on the back of the head by our trainer if we wore sparring gloves to punch the bag when I was a kid. But it's to protect your hands. It makes total sense. So all the so most boxers by the time they got to twenty nine thirty. They could barely hold a pen. Yeah, your hands were done. Yeah, of course. Um, talking of older fighters and, you know, fighters that maybe should call it a day, Kilbrook, who hasn't fought since he fought Amir Khan, which two years ago, by the way, that fight, wasn't it? Yeah. February 2022, I believe it was. Um, he wants to come back, or he's hinting at a comeback. Like, I'm the biggest Kilbrook fan on planet Earth. I mean, once <laughs> they play all the lights, I get excited. Like, <laughs> you know, the hairs stand up. But 38 38 for Kel. And it wasn't like he beat an, an Amir Khan who was, you know, himself active and world level he met an amic card who was out of the ring for two years himself so you got to judge him on that and i just i don't want to see him in the ring again i get it but i don't want to see him fight again yeah nor do i and that's that's where boxing doesn't have a, a real jurisdiction on anybody doing what they yeah. want to do and that that's the worry because the problem you have with boxing maybe certainly boxing is you earn all the big money at the end of your career mm. when you're not when you're nowhere near your peak ironically yeah. most of the most not all of them but mostly you, you all the hard toll is done on the way up and when you get to that, you get to that last that last level, you're on borrowed time. So you, you it's a money grab as quickly as you can. And that's where you're looking for the biggest fights you can get. He's gone past that. Mm. Now he's he's a retired fighter, really. He should have been for the last few years, and, and he has been. But I mean, he's offered money. He's had to turn it down. I understand that. I don't want to see him in the ring again because all the money in the world is means nothing. If you, mm. if you can't spend it if you don't know you have it yeah. if you know, someone's pushing you on the wheelchair I, I say that because I've seen it in my generation I've seen fighters at my age now who are walking around not knowing where they are mm. some of them weren't, weren't good fighters some of them were good fighters it's irrelevant how good they were but they are they are. the term is going to sound horrible they are shot to bits and it's sad because they didn't need to but they went on too long because they wanted because it, it, it's, it's a drug it's addictive and you're always one fight away from another big fight or a big fight or your big break and that's that's your lure it keeps you going and, and for Calbrook has earned enough money you'd think nothing's enough we know that now but certainly with the Saudi money around you're going to think if I can get a good fight I can get over there and I can earn huge money and I'm a big name and I'm a draw which he certainly is because as much as I don't want him to fight I'll still watch the fight so I'm a hypocrite so am I, because yeah, once that yeah. music plays, yeah. I will be watching as well. All right, you're listening to Fight Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to hear from Kelbrook, who is hinting at a return 
to the ring. We're also here from Josh Taylor too with his rematch with Jack Catchell edging closer and closer. And we're going to talk the light heavyweight landscape. Boatsy and Dan Aziz facing off very, very soon. And can anyone stop the mighty Artur Baturbiev? This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. And here we are, into the last round, and she has to find the round of her life, Natasha Jonas. You heard her trainer say that was what was required. She has to give her hell. Is she able to do so? Yeah, both girls putting it all on the line, leaving it all in the ring. What a contest from the opening bell. And still... on TalkSport 2, Adi Oladipo alongside former world champion Barry Jones. You heard uh, the words there from the MC and still Natasha Jonas retaining, controversially, I think it's fair to say, her IBF waterweight title, the biggest win of her career by far. And some might say she might deserve it after that draw against Terry Harper, the good fight against uh, Katie Taylor. But I thought Michaela Meyer won. This is what Natasha Jonas had to say after the fight. I genuinely thought I had it. I, 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 I can never score around personally. I haven't watched it back yet. I can never score around personally when I'm in there. So I always rely on, on, on what Joe's telling me. And he's, you know, there's been times in, you know, Harper, uh, Taylor, and he said, you, you're behind. You need to, you need to go and have a big round, and, and that's what I do. So you know, I was listening to his instructions, and, and, and I believe I was ahead. Yeah, a lot of people after the fight, and I think they did after they, they, they sat down on the aprons and. They were speaking about a rematch. The amount of boxers that have done that, by the way, over the years. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, yeah, we're going to get it on again, and then you, you never see them do. In terms of options for Tasha, look, she wants to somehow get in the mix with Katie Taylor and Chantel Cameron. Sandy Ryan's out there as well, potentially for a big fight, same division. Where does she go? I don't think she's going to go the Michaela Meyer route again. Why no. would you? Where does she go? I, I think you know you're talking. I think for a unification, so you Sandy Ryan, Jessica McCaskill are the obvious choice, and yeah. fights I think that are relatively, even though they're on different platforms, I still think they'd be easy yeah. to make. Or she goes back up to Super Welter and gets some sort of catchweight fight against Clarissa Clarissa Shields. I think that, and that's the cash out fight, isn't it? Because whatever happens there, you earn enough money. That's the on one. top of what you've earned already to say mm. goodbye. And also, it's, it's, you know, who knows how good Shields is. Shields is fantastic on a day, but you know, again, you can't you can stay premium forever. So you catch it on off, like make it go back down in weight again, yeah. and that might that might just do a little bit for you. But the, the Natasha Jonas we saw Saturday struggles with all those girls except for Jessica McCaskill. Yeah, I mean, she beat I Jessica agree. anyway, but because yeah. because Sandy Ryan punches long, that'll be a problem for her. Chris Shields is Chris Shields, so you've got to be more than more than just sitting back waiting for someone to walk onto your shots. Mm. And I think Natasha's better than what she was on Saturday night. I do. Yeah, I think she was off as well. I mean, but you've got to give my impression. I'm about to say yeah. that. I mean, you know, opposite her is an Olympian, uh, again a former world champion herself, who's very very good. Like, I think Michaela Meyer has to be a top ten pound for pound female fighter. She, she, yeah. she's, she's that good. So maybe it's a case of Meyer made her look really bad. In points, and what Maya does, she punches long all the time. So when she comes forward, she, she's an aggressive fighter. Wants to walk you down, 
but she uses she she uses that reach. She mm. she uses so well as a super featherweight, but she's still using now against another form of super featherweight, of course. So we'll see when she boxes a, a natural welterweight, but she she comes in behind the punches and makes a big difference. She doesn't step too close first and then try and throw. She throws long, then walks behind it, and that makes it hard for you to counter. See Natasha trying to counter that long with that right hook, yeah. not always hitting the target. And Maya takes a good shot. Yeah. She never looked visibly hurt once. Not I can't say the same about Natasha Jonas. She mm. wasn't, didn't look in terrible trouble, but a few times she looked a little bit like you know, a little bit panicked. Mm. And I just think you know, I think again struggling with the length. But she's she was a world class amateur. She's been a world champion around the world level and a world champion for a long time now. She should be able to adapt yeah. and and getting yourself to that next level is all about adaptability. And, I, and she's shown it in the past. But she, she didn't show a Saturday night. So whether that was Maya doing a good work or whether Natasha maybe is. We talk about age again. I'm not quite sure that was a massive factor, but sometimes it's not a, a real visible thing. We don't really see how much you're getting old. It, the older is when you don't quite see, your reactions are slower. You, you lose that anticipation factor. Mm. So you see it, but you see it too late. And that's when you get. That's when you know you're getting old. Yeah. Is there no appetite? Well, I mean, look. You mentioned Clarissa Shields being the fight, right? And I, I agree. Like Clarissa will sell that fight so well. I mean, you put Clarissa on the press conference. All of a sudden, the money just goes up because you know Clarissa's yeah. saying that you just let her do what she needs to do. But there seemed to be an appetite for some, for a long time, for the Katie Taylor rematch potentially. Uh, again, Katie's got big work coming up with Chantel Cameron. Fingers crossed in a third fight. But the the big one, or I say the big one. The one where we thought would happen again was Terry Harper. That seems to have completely vanished. The weirdest thing because they both—it was a really close competitive fight. Yeah. They both moved up. They both moved up in weight to the yeah. same weight. Yeah. Both picked up a world title. Yeah. It seemed a natural fight, but there's some weird personality clash where they mm. don't want it. Like, like Harper will say that you know, it's, it's Joe Gallagher and Tasha don't want to give it. Doesn't want to give it any money. Yeah. Wanted to earn. Yeah. Doesn't and, want to give her a payday. Yeah. Is what and they have. have a, yeah, a payday. That's what I should have said. And they have and they have a different view. It's a weird thing. Like, but that seems a natural fight to make. Of course mm. it does. And and because it has a background and a history, it makes it a more sellable fight. Yeah, I, I think me you me and you both agree on this one. But I'll, I'll get your point for for Talksport listeners that have not heard it before. And that's on the three minute rounds. I, I'm for me for females, it's a complete no no, complete no no because I think the two minute rounds are fantastic. It's action packed and you get really good two minute rounds. The free, men three minute rounds are boring. Like imagine a male two minute round; it'd be it'd be incredible. You really look. You looked at me really intensely when you said male three minute rounds are boring. Yeah, yeah, they are. Some of them are. I know. I know. I know. I, I know. Some I was them, boring, but no, still. no, no, not you, Bez. You you always excited. <laughs> but you know, with these fights, sometimes especially with the men, they wait until the last minute because they oh there you go, there's the burst. Yeah. With these female two minute rounds, you get the burst from from the very first second all the way until the end of the round, and I just feel like the three minutes is. I know Michaela Myers called him for it, and I get it, right? If you feel like you've got the engine to go three-minute rounds, then fantastic. But I think two-minute rounds are fantastic. Maybe with championship fights, you go two twelves. Maybe you do that yeah. as opposed to separate the two tens. But I don't want to see three-minute rounds. I, I firstly think, though, though men, firstly, men men didn't have a choice on what they do yeah, first yeah. But I do think in this scenario... Women should have a say in what it is. First of all, mm. we're all saying we should. We think it should be this. Let should be that. Dictate, yeah. They should say if 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 the majority think it should be three minute rounds, then the ones who don't, like Katie Taylor's and Natasha Jonas's, have to you should have to suck it up and do it. Why do you think they're saying no? There seems to be the loud Amanda Serrano, Michaela Meyer, Alicia Baumgartner have said yes, and then there's the others that are saying no. What's the reason for the no's first? Well, I, I think it suits uh, certainly the Katie Taylor perfect. Oh, you know, yeah. She has she has that internal clock. Two minutes are great for her. <laughs> yeah. high high defense. 
in and out with your feet mm. and then thrown in combinations in flurries. That's how you win a two-minute fight. That's how you win two-minute rounds. Clearly, don't, don't, don't worry about the power. Just that. Make the, the fight work. Make, make a mistake. Once they make a mistake, you go bam, 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 and then you're off moving away. So three-minute rounds gives a, a real technical boxer a chance to work into the fight and gives a busy fighter the chance to make you work hard and break you down. Mm. So we'll see more stoppages. I, my worry is, because there's still a golfing quality from one level to the other. Yeah. There's a big step up from one level, to, even in world level, from world level oh, to the, the top world. There's yeah, a massive yeah, step up that we will see bigger mismatches mm. if they were streaming it rounds. my opinion. I mean, some, the good fights would be great. The Taylors and Camerons would be great fights at three minute rounds. They would be, you know, they'd be different outcomes, I think, for a start. But they'd be wall of attrition that, that you really see a toughness in it, which maybe some people wouldn't like. I don't know, you know that's, that's everyone's preference. But I mean, but I think when you're boxing someone below your level, people will get hurt. And that's a that's a, a conversation that no one really wants to have, will they? Like as much as people are crying out to see knockouts for some reason, I don't know why in female boxing. I do wonder what people's take on seeing females getting knocked out will be if it were to happen regularly. I was with Natasha Jonas doing a doing a podcast maybe last year, the year before last. Either way, and she said, "I don't think the public are ready no to see to women see get knocked out cold yeah. on a regular basis." And that was her saying. That's not my that's my words. That's, mm. that's me paraphrasing what she said, of course. But it was interesting. That, uh, that was her point of view, not mine. Mm. Now, I just want to see good fights. I, I, I've got to a point now where you no know, women's boxing is not quite there where you can properly criticize it. Because you have to be aware that it's, it's, it's not a new sport, but it's still evolving. You know, it, it took men's boxing hundreds of years to get good, and it's still it's still rubbish in areas. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I mean, you know, we're at a stage now where where they're having good fights, competitive fights, really good fights to have. And so, you no, know, I don't care if you're a man or if it's a good fight, it's a good fight. Uh, ultimately, you know, I said Taylor and Serrano was one of the best fights I've been at ever. Atmosphere, insane. It, it ticked every box. Oh it was a great goodness. fight. A drama at the end where that no, she her knee was three inches from the floor and she oh touches it, she loses Lord. the fight, yeah. and she did. She so finds good. out well to push herself up, and you no, know, all it didn't have was a knockdown. That's yeah. all it didn't have. But everything else it just it ticked every box. The crowd, it was a 50-50 crowd with the Puerto Ricans and the Irish. The Irish in the end beat everyone on noise. They, they you know, do the, everyone. The yeah. biggest traveling crowd in, in in the universe, but it was brilliant. So it, it didn't matter who was in the ring. Or what was it? It was just great, and it was a great fight to watch. That's f- I'll have that day of the week. That that crosses over gender to the conversations all every time, and that's when once the sport gets to that and it's getting close to that, then the real conversation can start about three minute rounds. I think and right now, though, I think you know, to help the sport still develop, to make it more exciting, to keep the the, the eyes on the sport and people want to watch it and all that sort of stuff. I think you need to keep it at an entertainment level, and I think that that keeps the two minute rounds as you as you've been rightly said. In, less words than I did <laughs> that it's yeah that the yeah. two minute rounds keeps but, that excitement level and, and, and people love that because you have to put, you have to you know, as soon as that bell goes you've got to come out throwing punches you switched on right you, no you, time no time to work uh, it no, to warm up to a fight you, you can't lose the first 30 seconds and win the round you, you, you've pretty much lost a round and that's why I think it's a nightmare to score though Ah, let it compi- let it continue <laughs> to be a nightmare I, I prefer the twos to the threes I remember watching Amanda Serrano have that three minute fight a few weeks back and I was like mm, not for me give me the two minute rounds alright you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2 next up we are going to hear from the special one Kel Brook he's hinted at a return to professional boxing but should he stay retired 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Extra on TalkSport 2, Adi Ladipo, also former world champion, Barry Jones. This is, by far, my favourite walkout music. By far, nothing touches it. Kelbrook, all of the lights, a bit of Kanye West, Rihanna. Uh, and look, we might hear it again. Uh, and I, I say that, not happy, because I don't want to see Kelbrook in the ring again. 38 years of age, has done what he needed to do, um, former IBF welterweight champion. Um, you know, the story of Kelbrook is incredible when you think about it. I'm former IBF, unbeaten world champion, went up in weight class to fight Gennady Golovkin. Whoever's this, whoever made that decision deserves to be thrown in jail at the time. Um, look, done, done well for a couple of rounds, obviously had a broken orbital bone. The next fight, bear in mind it was at 160, then went back down 147 to fight the unbeaten Errol Spence. Uh, you can't make it up. And then smashed the other orbital bone. Um, it's been an up and down career. I think he underachieved, I really do, for his talent. But look, he's talking about coming back. He hasn't fought since he fought Amir Khan, February 2022. This is what Kel had to say. He was uh, at the card on the weekend speaking to our very own Ali Drew. It's getting talked about, yeah. Listen, it can happen. It can happen. I can come out, can take me, put me, take me slippers in my pipe and put them to one side, get me running trainers back out, my gloves, dust them off. And sure, you know, and, and and get that get that adrenaline going again. Get the get the fans, because for me, you know, when I speak to the fans, they've not had an night like when me and Calm were uh, in Ma- in Manchester. So, listen, it can happen again, you know, and, and, and I'm excited. I can tell, I can tell that everyone wants it again. Everyone does want it. That night was unbelievable. I was there. The atmosphere was incredible. Is it Chris Eubank Jr. You're going to come back out of retirement for? 
yeah, I think uh, his, his name, his name is there. His name, you know, he's, he's the one what's getting talked about the most, you know. And it's a, it's a fight, you know. I don't like the guy. It's a fight that the fans are going to definitely uh, get a treat from start to finish, from the build-up to the to the fight, you know. And uh, it's a fight that I can get out of bed for and get get out of them silk sheets and and hit that road. Are you getting out of those bed sheets for training? Are you in training now? I'm training. I am training. You know, because it's good to train anyway. But listen. You know, as soon as the green light goes on and we can make it happen, you know, I'm I'm willing to 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 put them to put them three month for our training into to entertain again, like I do. I'm such a hypocrite. I'm a big hypocrite. I have to confess uh, live on air just because as soon as he started talking about you know <laughs> putting away uh, putting away the slippers and you know putting away the silk sheets, I started smiling like go on, kill one more, <laughs> one more, and it's wrong. Shouldn't well, I don't want it? I don't want it to happen. But there is a part of me that's like. Hey, can he get fit again, 38? Can Dominic Ingle get him in some sort of shape? But ultimately, the answer is no. And it should be no, right? I mean, you're talking about fighting Chris Eubank Jr., who's a lot bigger guy. He's coming off a really good win himself against Liam Smith. It, it, it shouldn't happen. But as you know, Barry, and I think you said it so smartly at the top there, fighters start making their best money right at the end of their career when ultimately they're past their best, yeah. past their prime. And Kel is seven years past that like several years yeah no he is and then and you've got to forget about take sentiment out of it even empathy is it a competitive fight or a fight you want to watch him against a top world level fighter and I just can't see it yeah. in, f- from any weight from you know, from super welter to super middle yeah then it's not I, I don't think you know this, him at his peak from welterweight even to super middleweight I mean it's a bit big maybe but him certainly up to middleweight yeah then you know it would be he would he would, he would have a go. I think oh, yeah. he coming against Golovkin, unfortunately, but yeah. he would have a good go because of his because of his, oh 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 Pete that that Kelbrook that fought Golovkin. I'd put that Kelbrook in with um, Eubank every single day of the week. The, the best Kelbrook we ever seen was two thousand and eight when he won the British title against Barry Jones. <laughs> not, not, <laughs> not 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 me, not yeah. me. In, yeah. a, a guy, who, I think he's not a was, was that was that in Glasgow. No, it was in the York Hall. Okay. It was on a Sky Show. I think that I think that Barry Jones now was a world champion in the bare knuckle. Really? By the, by the well, way, yeah, that's a little bit uh, useless information. But then, and then and they had a decent run. It would be Michael Jennings, who was who, who four fights before. I think he just lost to uh, Mikel Cotto, yep. by the way. So he beat some really good fighters. Then he gets that win against Sean Porter, away from home, exactly. 2014. Yeah. No, that's, that win has aged better than most wins yeah, over the years. It was a good Sean win then, but you thought, you know, well, I mean, you know, didn't know, we knew Porter was good, but how good was he? But now, how good's that? Of a win, Porter, who was who was giving Crawford a hard fight, yeah. by the way, you know, yeah. years later, Crawford gave Spence an incredible fight. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he, but he had he had a lot of defenses where they weren't up to his level, and I think that's why you say when you think he underachieved, mm. I don't think he did. But his career, some parts of his career were underwhelming because you know what I say he didn't build on that. He didn't build on that win. Yeah, and you know, you look at what was going on in America at that time in the welterweight division. Some of the fights he could have had. And I'm not talking. Manny Pacquiao, Floyd, they're the dream fights. If you get yeah. those, fantastic. I'm talking Keith Furman was out there. Could have had that one. Andre Berta was out there. Yeah. Uh, Devin Alexander. The, the, obviously, Amir Khan, he's fought, but that fight should have happened years before. Timothy Bradley went up to 147. Yeah. He was in and around all of that. Didn't get any of those. Yes, yeah, right. Didn't yeah. get any of those. And and whether that's his... We never know what happens behind the yeah, scenes. Yeah. I mean, we do know because Twitter tells us everything <laughs> before it happens. But we, didn't, we don't know whether that's him mm-hmm. or whether it's them. It's usually a case of your promoter wants you at home mm. and offers money to America, but they but then it's not they'll come over and fight you, but then the promoter wants that American on a three fight deal. Yeah. 
That's what I, That's I know. What always I always go back to Joe Karzai because he's my my friend and he's the biggest fighter I know personally, and. That's what happened with his career. His career was similar to in a lot of his career where he had the underwhelming fights. He wanted to fight everybody and they wanted to fight him, mm. but they didn't want to be signed to a, to a British promoter for three fights. Mm. And he didn't, he, and likewise, he didn't want to go to the States and be signed up by an American promoter for three, three fights when he wants to be boxing in the UK. So you know, m- most of the time, it's not the boxers, it's the people around them that make those fights unattainable. Yeah. Uh, for Kel, if not Chris Eubank Jr., and look, fingers crossed it isn't that. It, it, do you think we're going to see him again? I mean, there are other names being mentioned. Josh Kelly has been mentioned. That's not going away. Connor Ben's been mentioned. That doesn't disappear anytime soon. Do you think there is a chance that we will see him in the ring again? Yes. Mm. Unfortunately, yes. It's all money. So he wants seven figures, and he wants... No, I think he wants three, four, five million to fight anybody. Mm. So there's, there's not many fighters who can give him that. Connor Ben is one. Josh Kelly's not one. Josh Kelly won. No, no, no. chance. No chance. And so he, he so th- really is two fighters. Connor so ben he, so, Q- so Q- he'll think Kel Brook is a better fight than Conor Ben. Yeah. Is now, I mean, not now, but I mean, you know, technically better fighter. Yeah, yeah. It's fundamentals, but, yeah. But, you know, but now Conor Ben goes in a massive favourite. Mm. Do you have to say that? No, right now. So, but it's a worth a risk because he has the power. He knows Ben's hitable and also he's the money. That's the British, all it is. The, the British money. public would lap that up, you know. Because all you bank junior. Yeah, they'll lap that up. I just thought about it now. Kelbrook, Conor Ben at one, won't be 154, 151. So everyone's okay. They'll go crazy for that over here. Yeah, but if he can make that, I don't think he can make that anymore. Oh, Kel? Yeah. You no, know, from the Kel I saw on the weekends not making 160. No. Well, so, <laughs> so him and Eubank Jr., that's a fight maybe. But again, does he stand a chance against against a Eubank who throws lots of punches? So many punches. Athletic, tall. No. He has great timing. He used to have great timing, Kelbrook. Great power, but great timing. Like all those Ingle fighters have. The, the, the judgment of the distance is fantastic. So when you make a mistake, they make you pay. And when they make you pay with their power, that's all they need to do. You're done. Yeah. And he's shown that throughout his career. But now, when you can't pull it, when you get older, you can't. But I said earlier on, you, when you can't, you don't, you see it, but you see it all too late. So you, you can't, can't pull, pull the trigger. trigger. Father time Yeah, gets you. I think we've so. Seen, we've seen so many fighters have that. All right, that's that for now. Let, let's park Kilbrook, Eubank, Ben, etc., etc. Let, let's talk about Josh Taylor, Jack Catcher. Before we do that, uh, let's hear Josh Taylor. This is what he's had to say on what we hope could be the rematch we've been waiting for against Jack Catchell. Hopefully, hopefully we get this fight made soon and we get this uh, thing put to bed. Why, why do you think they are holding up, Josh? I'm not too sure, you know. You need to ask, need to ask the lawyers and ask Matt's room and ask Eddie, you know. Um, but I'm, I'm good to go. I'm, I'm ready to go. I want to fight, you know. Hopefully we aim for, we aim for hopefully, you know, March, April time. So what, we're ready to go. What are, you, what are your plans now going forward? Obviously, you smashed it at 140. You've spoken in the past that maybe you want to maybe have a look at 147 now yeah. and, and try and become multiple weight world champion and unify up there as well. What are your immediate plans? Yeah, still, still, that's still in my plans. You know, it's still in my plans to become a two-weight world champion in terms of achievement-wise and keeping the hunger and ambition and the drive there in the game. Um, I've got nothing else, else left to win at 140. I've won it all, you know, so in terms of ambitions and goals and targets and new targets to set and not standing still, it's setting new targets to become a two-weight world champion. So, yeah, that, that is in the future plans, yeah. I always thought that Josh had that escape plan. When he, when I thought he lost to Jack Carrick, I think all the world thought he lost, I thought you go to 147 then immediately. You go up, you're the undisputed champion, you move up, and potentially at the time, honestly, there was talk about him versus Terence Crawford, which sounds so silly now. <laughs> it does. How silly does that sound now, where 18 months ago, that was actually really, that could really happen. Now you think, what? Josh Taylor, Terence Crawford? It, it, worlds apart. But I just, that's the first time I've heard him say 
I'm ready to go with Jack Cattrall since obviously their fallout and yeah. the fight's not happening. I haven't heard that for ages, so it looks like something's happening behind the scenes. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Like this, it's it's a, a typical story. I don't want to be all doom and gloom on tonight, but it, yeah, it's, it's, ahead, it's a typical story of boxing. The travesty that fights not either not being made or being made too late. Mm. Like how that fight hasn't already happened. It's crazy. No, for everyone, one of them, one financially it was a good. It would have been a good earner for both of them, but also. Catchell deserved the shot. Yeah. Guaranteed. It was it was a travesty of a of a, of a result. But Taylor, I like the way he is, he knows he was lucky. Yeah. He won't say it, but he knows it. Yeah. You want to put that right. Because he's that sort of guy. I think in his pride, yeah. you'll want to put that right. And they believe he can. Because I think he boxed awful. Mm. And Catchell boxed really well. And now those that combined put on you know, transpired to because Catchell being absolutely robbed. Yeah. All of a sudden now though, it's weird because Josh went into that fight as a massive favourite, right? I mean, at the time, pound for pound, top five, top six, definitely the best British fighter on the planet. Are you sorry, you criticise it almost. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, like, why make it? Why isn't he boxing Crawford? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, Jack goes into this fight as favourite. Yeah, well, on the back of that. But yeah. again, though, we still got to know, we still don't know what good Jack is. It's crazy, isn't it? We still don't know what good Jack is. Yeah. I'll I, and I've covered most of Jack's career mm. from back, no, from back earlier, but he. Where, he always just did, he looked really good, real talented, but he, he was a victim of wanting to look good rather than just be good, if you if you if, yeah, that, yeah, if, yeah, if you yeah. understand that. So at, at times he wouldn't just do it; he just do enough to win, like he did against Linares. We both critiqued recently. him, didn't we? Yeah. After the Linares fight, like I mean, you should have done more. He, did he was every, there for the chopping and the taking. Yeah, he did. The, he boxed the right fight. He, he took no risks. No, he didn't make any mistakes. He took no risks. But it was set up for him to do more to sell himself, and that's the issue with him. You know, the bush he's good enough to do that, so you have to critique him at a higher level. No, yeah. certainly after that Josh Taylor win, where he did do more, where he did commit, he did believe in himself, and every time there's an opportunity to, to, to take that educated risk, he stepped right on it, and he, and he did everything perfect. Imagine the energy in the building when that fight gets made. Oh, mate, it, just, it, it, was, it was bad enough. It, Imagine it now. Oh, mate, it'd be awesome. Now. Security. Security! Security! All right, you listen to Fight Extra on TalkSport 2. Next up, we're going to talk some light heavyweights. We've been, uh, I think, very, very lucky with boxing in the last sort of 12, 18 months. Look, fight fans have always moan. I'm a fight fan. I moan. There's some fights out that I still want to see. Javante Davis, Shakur Stevenson, etc., etc. But we've been fortunate. And I think we are going to have, come the summer, I think an incredible, undisputed light heavyweight showdown between two unbeaten monsters in Artur Baterbiev, the unified champion, and Dimitri Bivol, the WBO champion. Is it A? Is it A? Uh, Barry Jones just corrected me. WBA show. I should know that considering Dimitri Bivol is my favourite fighter. <laughs> you best love friend. him, don't you? Yeah, my best, my best <laughs> friend. I've got his title wrong. Um, before we talk about that, a uh, quick reaction to Baterbiev's dominant, dominant beatdown on Callum Smith. Do you know, if you watch him, he just walks, if you just watch him, he just, he just walks forward mm. and beats you up. Yeah, that's the crude angle of it, yeah. He's so clever. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was it. defensively better in this fight, and I've seen him for a while, because mm. he knew he was, a, he was up against a guy in Callum Smith, who's not a, a big puncher like Callum Johnson was, mm. but it's a snappy puncher. Yeah. So you make a little mistake, and you fall short, and he whips out left hook over the top, and you're in trouble. Yeah. It's the way he slide and, and all these ex Eastern European fighters do it. They slide into the distance. Golovkin did it. People think he didn't have good footwork. They slide into the distance before, so they're nowhere. They're, you're safe. You're safe. You're safe. You're safe. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they're right on your throat. Yeah. And how did you get there? You haven't done anything. And why? How come you've got on me? I haven't seen. You didn't make a move. But they, they slide. Mm. Unbelievable. Like they're on wheels. And he does that so well. 
what he did really well was every time Callum Smith half threw a shot or missed, he made him pay. Time. And, and they look like nothing shots, but the way he throws, the way he turns his hand, he lifts his elbow up and turns his hand over. Golovkin was the first person I see do that. I'm seeing a lot well, of fighters could, do that. Golovkin over exaggerated. He literally ah, chopped down yeah, Golovkin. That's yeah, why yeah. you could see it. But they all do it. They mm. teach you because those front two knuckles is where the, the reason for that is so you don't break your hands, mm. but also it concentrates the power into a smaller space. Mm. And, you, and that's like a martial arts thing, I think. Yeah. But they do it. They lift their elbow up as well to get that to get that little bit of torque on the shot as well. So it looks like nothing because when you're heavy-handed naturally like he is, mm. every shot you feel. Yeah. And like I say, with every big puncher, uh, if you've got that in your if, in your arsenal, you make that you make your opponent feel it early. It doesn't matter where you hit them on their knees, their legs, any. It doesn't matter. They make him feel it because that puts a panic on you. And that's what he did to Callum Smith straight I, away. I'm happy you said early as well because you know me. You know, in these big fights, normally you get a feel out round, don't you? In the big fights, because both yeah. are a bit nervous. They're having a look at each other. They're downloading information, as people like to say. He put it on Callum Smith immediately, as if to say, "Welcome to the." big leagues this is my weight division you're in my backyard I'm going to show you yeah but without rushing it mm. either so he didn't he didn't look, and when because he's so comfortable in his own skin especially with his power he doesn't have to rush his work he knows I'll just beat you up and that's what he does <laughs> he just pummels you mm. into submission either submission or for you to make a mistake so he can knock you out cold that's what he does and, and Callum Smith's a good fighter he didn't quite freeze he had a choice. I think he was shocked. He though. tried to fire back, but he knew if I make a mistake, I'm what done. they do, and that's the better than almost anybody. What they do, they they hit you so hard early that you think, oh my god, and and you're so and you know what, oh, I'm under pressure here. If I make a mistake, if I make a mistake, I'm going to get knocked out. So you need to be more relaxed that your punches flow. And what you actually do with that panic, it tenses you up. When you tense up, your muscles constrict. It makes your punches shorter. So your timing, adjustment, the distance out, your timing's out. You end up slowing yourself down mm. for them. By by them putting a the panic on you, you do the work for them. You slow. They make them look. They make you make them look better. You make them look better because you slow you down. You take too long to let your punches go. It's amazing what 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 a, what a big puncher with thought like Perturbiev could do to you just by hitting you anywhere. D does he do that to my great fighter Dimitri Bivol? I mean, we're talking. Undisputed fights are supposed to be best versus the best, right? And we've, we've got Fury Usyk coming up. We had Spence Crawford. There's been others as well. Recent times, you think of uh, Fulton versus Inoue. This undisputed, though, just looks sensational on paper. It is. And, and everyone after that performance, everyone will have a better be ever as a favourite. Yeah. And understandably. Apart from Ade. Apart from, apart from me. Yeah, well, no, no, I think he should go in a favour. He should go in yeah, a favour because the, the, the whole the body of his work and, and his yes, last performance. Better, better. But... I do fancy. Like, I, I think. Uh, I think better be if can beat him, can knock him out. It's that sort of fight. <laughs> yeah. But I do think that I do think that that Bivol has brilliant feet. His balance is superb. <laughs> so He's good. never off balance. <laughs> and also, though he was, though I, though I thought he was disappointed against Lyndon Arthur. Yeah. He coasted, and that's the problem that he had in throughout his career. He coasts mm. at times, but he didn't do it against obviously Canelo because he couldn't afford to, and he didn't do it against Ramirez. We were out in Abu Dhabi for that fight, and he yeah. was brilliant. He didn't coast at all, and I thought. He's, he's got it now he understands now he's at that superstar level yeah. he understands though I can't just win I have to win impressively mm. whether I stop him or not I have to win impressively and dominate he'll need that with caution it's contradicting in terms he'll need that with caution against Big Better caution. Be because Big it, Better Be keeps that power for 12 rounds mm. and I think this but I do think somehow Bivol will find a way with the balance the, the, you know, the fast punches in and out with the feet I think he just does enough and finds a way to win 
but I wouldn't be shocked if anything. That, and that's why we want to see this fight. This is a sort of fight where your prediction can't be criticised because it's a genuine 50-50 fight at the highest level yeah. where it's not about what you do well. It'll, it'll be the mistakes that yeah, cost I mean, you the fight, I not mean, what you do well. No, you're right. I mean, you're talking two guys that pound for pound, top six, top seven, unbeaten. Yeah. This is this is as, as good as it gets. Um, away from that, just below that level is obviously the fight we're going to uh, see soon between Dan Aziz and Joshua Boazzi. I mean, Boazzi is a fighter that we thought would have been at this level by now. Like, if you if you would have told me four or five years ago, Boazzi's not going to have fought for a world title, I would have said you're crazy. And now... I mean, credit to Aziz, who, you know, he's done everything the correct way, European, area, English, British, etc., etc. I thought Boazzi would have been above this level, but this... Boazzi's a favourite, but not a big favourite for me. Yeah, yeah I think he's a, he is a sizable favourite, I think, but not, not according to Dan Aziz. But, but Dan Aziz is the one with the better form mm. coming into the fight, I would say that. He, Dan Aziz is, is one of... He has the luxury. Though he's had the, he's had the works we have through the, through the rank in the shadows. But he's had a luxury where... There was no expectation on his shoulders to do anything. Zero. From himself as well, by the way. He never had that. I don't think he had that. So whatever he does or achieves, it's just, oh, that was brilliant. I'll go to the next level. And it doesn't matter. And I think, and so now he goes in that fight with no pressure on. Makes an interesting fight, but I still think, I still think um, Boazzi's a favourite and should get the win. He should get the win. Barry Jones, great to have you. Hopefully you're back with us next week as well as we're going to be building up to that fight we've been speaking about. Joshua Boazzi versus Dan Aziz. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 